but so I appreciate y'all coming out. We're gonna go ahead and get started. I appreciate y'all coming out. This is the first, very first podcast of Black as Fuck, and I, I and honestly, I would I couldn't think of better people to do it with. Um, for those who are just joining or just hearing about Black as Fuck. Com. Um, blackasfuck.com is an effort to educate myself about how great and, and, and broad spread we are in just about everything that's hip, happening, um, culturally relevant, significant in this country, in this country we call America and across the world. Um, but more importantly, how can I develop my mind in a way that I can put that, give that information down to my children and to my own community? So as a result of that, a lot of people have been talking to me about different ideas. And one of the most interesting ones just happened to get linked up with my friend, Larry Arwell, who picked me up with Jay. And Jay said, you know what, Ahmed is coming in town with me. And not only that, we are going, Ivory's gonna be there as well. And then we had that beautiful lunch that I'm, I've been telling people about for, for weeks. And so um, first and foremost, thank y'all for being here. And I wanna give you a, some, an opportunity to talk about yourselves and what you got going on. And we'll start ladies first, of course, with Miss Watts, the Grammy nominated. I ain't gonna read up, talk about your resume. It's too damn long. We ain't got that kind of time, right? <laughs> so um, just tell us a little bit about who you are, um, how you got into the gaming industry and what you think um, black is, what, what, what black as fuck thing is on your mind this week? Man, I'm black as fuck. That's always on my mind. <laughs> right, that's what's I, up. I um so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I joke around with people and I kind of I tell them a lot. I am the personification of a person who was traveling through life trying to find their fulfillment. Um, so as a result, I feel like I've literally lived like nine lives. Um, I am you know, a Grammy nominated recording artist and a songwriter. Uh, my degree is in electrical engineering. I am a wine sommelier. It's like all these things. And so this matters so much um, to me because I think that the multifacetedness that I embody is very black as fuck. Like literally we as black people have made a lifestyle out of pivoting and adapting and accumulating a multitude of trades and just existing in excellence in so many different regards, uh, just really trying to find certain things, but also because we're so capable. And so, um, you know, my one of my most challenging things was making my artist self and my engineering self coexist. And so my, you know, um, gaming company that I co-founded is called Coexist Gaming. And the idea behind it was taking the, really the kind of 17% of hardcore gamers um, and m finding a way to invest in people enough to connect them with the other 83%. I feel like I'm very representative of both. You know, I am a tournament, you know, a playing gamer. I am a competitive gamer. And that same likeness, um, I am an enterprising business artist. And so there are things to me that are very interesting, like the gaming industry itself and sort of diving into understanding more about it. And as I started doing that, when I, when I first built the company, I was astounded with how directly the gaming industry affected my life in specific and, and as for black people, in general. And so, you know, I've got to throw out my three statistics because 
this is really no, I'm ready for these. I've, 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 you know I need I'm to hear them again. I'm trying to memorize these, jokes, memorize these jokes. Literally how I walk into investor meetings, mind you, I am always the only woman and I'm certainly almost always the only person of color. And I walk in and I say, did you know that out of 7.7 .7 billion people, 2.7 billion of them are gamers? That's almost a third of the human population. That's question number one. Question number two, did you know out of the 2.7 billion people that identify as gamers, 60% of them are African-American. That's 1.6 billion African-Americans. And then question three is, did you know that out of that same 2.7 billion people that identify as gamers, 47% of them identify as women. And I stand before you the majority representation of gamers and it is the it's the jaw drop because they just they were just looking at me first of all my name is jay and so they think i'm a guy and i walk in and all of my locks glory and then <laughs> and then they're like oh you don't look like a gamer and i'm like i look exactly like a gamer you just didn't know what one looked like but it's a pleasure to meet you let's get this thing going this is how we coexist and that was really the ideology of building something that targeted the largest progressive growing industry in the world that happened to target black people so very specifically we don't even realize how much it targets us and so i wanted to build a world where i could further the progress by investing into those black people now mind you we are inclusive so we don't turn anyone away but in industries that are large and dominant people of color tend to be very underrepresented, especially black people, and they do not get highlighted. So we make a point to, at Coexist, put some of that shine where it belongs and really show people the way we coexist through gaming. That's that's what's up. And, and I think I'm, I'm gonna go to Matt next because I know you ain't got no nomi Grammy nominations and nothing like that, bro. Not yet, not yet, I'm sure they coming. You know, they're in the they're in back, you know. I just want to show it, you know. Right. Out here but, throwing out but you do have something called Swim Sanity, and I got the opportunity to download Swim Sanity last week. I'm very proud of you, brother. It's amazing. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. Just um, And I was telling you before everybody got on, I got to sit there with my six-year-old son and really just beat my chest a little bit. Like, hey, bro, I know the guy who made this game, son. You know what it is? You know, I know these guys. Because it's... You know, every time me, me, me and my son got a sneaker uh, fetish going on, I don't know why I'm building this this habit into my son. But every time he puts on a new pair of Jordans, he's like, did you did you know Michael Jordan? I was like, you know, I, I used to run, run into him every once in a while at the club in Chicago. But now I can actually say I know the guy who played who made the game that you are, are, are playing, son. And if if you um, don't do your homework, I'm gonna call him and tell him to shut the shit down. That's it. That's it. That's what it is, right? <laughs> so I'm using it as leverage, brother. But tell us a little bit more about Swim Sanity and everything that you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you beat him a few times. You gotta teach him young now. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you can't have him just going and thinking about it. I ain't giving him no slack. I don't care. Got you. So my name's Ahmed, uh, co-founder Decoy Games. My other half isn't here. It's my brother. So we both co-founded a company, a gaming company that we started about. 10 years ago, um, we wanted to get into gaming and getting into gaming is tough. You don't really know that path going in and was not really a set way to do it. So for us, we really wanted to get into the business, but also be owners. And that was really important for us being, you know, black individuals and having into an industry that doesn't have many of us. So Jay was throwing out a lot of stats and I'll throw you one right now too. Well, only 3% of game developers are black. 
And that number is significantly low compared to numbers that she gave. The fact that we represent so much on the consumer side and don't represent enough from actually creating. Never mind how many of those game developers actually own a business in the gaming side. So me and my brother started this company. Uh, we're self-published, um, self-funded, and we're actually self-taught. So a lot of people think that you can go through this path. You have to go to like a gaming school and things like that. Uh, I went to UMass Amherst and computer science, but as far as all the game development, we taught ourselves. You know, YouTube University was a great school that we went to to teach ourselves all the things that we need to know today and just going through different tutorials. So we just built prototypes over and over in the game that we had that you talk about some sanity. It's actually our debut title that debuted about two months ago. Um, it's on Xbox One, uh, Nintendo Switch, and Steam, and it's actually coming out tomorrow on PlayStation 4. It's an underwater shooter, competitive cooperative Congratulations. game Congratulations. That's what's up, brother. Thank you. Competitive cooperative game modes to play online locally, four players, and like uh, like Robert said, you can play with your family. Uh, if you're a hardcore casual, there's all types of ways you can play, uh, but it's really for everyone. It's multiplayer mayhem, so definitely go check that out. I'm just really excited to just get to this point because for me, like I said, entering the space, there's just not a lot of people that look like me in this space, and I know I have to be a thought leader on to break down the barriers so we can find more people to enter this space, and I'll just open the door for more individuals to come in. That's what's up. That's what's up. Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. I, I love what you're doing. I'm big in mentoring, right? So I love a lot about what you're doing is because you're taking younger people under the, your wings and really educating them mm -hmm. about the this industry. And so talk to us a little bit about that and what you got going on over there. At the great, great. Well, I got to start off by saying I'm black as fuck. I'm not going to let Jay say it. And I am <laughs> like that's not happening, right? But uh, it's a it's a full circle, black as fuck, right? So I think I can definitely piggyback on Jay by saying, you know, I grew up in the south side of North New Jersey, um, and it's very similar to any inner city, whether it's Oakland, whether it's Atlanta, whether it's down in Florida, Chicago. You know, the south side is is usually not the best side. You know, go down to Oak Cliff, so right? Side the same over there. Right. No, no, different type of air over there. But the journey that I've, I've taken just as a black man, as a, as a man, as a black person in this country, you know, you definitely struggle with identity, right? You get born into an environment, you get born with the struggles for the most part, as I did. And then you go through college, grad school, you work at these corporate, you know, 100 top 50 companies. And then you find yourself in a situation like I did where I was laid off and all I was again was black. Right. There was no income. There was, there was no job to hide behind. The degree didn't really mean as much anymore. And I found myself like, man, like I really spent my entire life trying to separate myself, you know, from my own community, trying to really grow, outgrow it and outrun it when I've acquired mm. all of this knowledge all this direction. And I need to really walk back to it and lead them to, you know, a, a different level of thinking. When it came to esports, it was very unique because I have four of the partners. And we kind of came together at the same time, said, hey, no barriers to entry. We all love to game. And none of us are hardcore gamers. We're not good. We're not challenging anyone. <laughs> but when it came to understanding the opportunity that was presented to us, not really just competitive gaming, but teaching these young individuals how to own their own content, how to create their own content, how to develop their own games, and not just saying you can be the next X, Y, Z. Like, that's not really where we're focused, but showing them that, hey, Mental health is important. Physical health is important. Public speaking is important. You know, any platform that you need, we can help you with. So when it comes to what we do over at 361 Commission, we founded ourselves on five principles, which is unity, trust, integrity, loyalty, and execution. So we want to give these young brothers and sisters some type of identity and some type of foundation when it comes to breaking into this industry, because we've seen other 
other organizations crumble and fall apart because they didn't have any founding principles. And it's a lot coming at these young people fast, not only from gaming, but from life. You know, a lot of our gamers that we work with are working two jobs at times. You know, they're really trying to do what they can do without any type of guidance. And and I, I, I get really touched when I talk about these stories because the last thing we want to do is get on air or get online or getting an article and have another sob story. You know, the run of the mill, we're trying to help. Like, we, we don't want to do that because we're here to help them. We're here to lead them. So we have a lot of strides that we've made. We're partnered with a lot of schools in North New Jersey. Uh, Shabazz High School is one of them that we're working to build out their esports program. We have a couple of proprietary programs we developed I can't speak about yet uh, when it comes to the education system. Uh, so you'll hear about those very soon. But we're very excited to to work with, you know, partner with and continue to build with any organization that's looking to advance, you know, equality for all in the gaming space. That's what's up, man. I really I really appreciate that. And you said something that, that stood out to me um, as I was uh, researching or reading articles about this. And I was, I, I saw some of the stats that Jay was talking about. Um, one of these articles on Undefeated was talking about the the 19% of um, all gamers are African-American gamers, 19%. That's yep. 6% higher than our, our actual population in the country, right? And then when you talk about avid fans, folks who are really, really deep into it, you're talking 22%, yeah. right? So it, that was an amazing number for me, mostly because uh, I don't. I'm not a gamer per se. Um, uh, I enjoy it. You know, when I when I when I'm doing it, it's fun. But it's not something that I plan in, into my day every day. I can go a whole week or two without even turning the Xbox on for any reason whatsoever. Whatsoever. Um, but those numbers were just astonishing to me. And but then they told a story, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this story about Terrence Miller. Um, Terrence Miller back in 2016 was in a Hearthstone, Hearthstone, I don't know what the name of the game is, um, tournament. And this guy's killer, right? So he's up against the, the best guy who's doing it. He's number two. And one of the things that stood out to them in that platform on Twitch was the vitriol that was being said about this black man was doing exceptionally great things in this arena. And so it makes me question, and maybe y'all could talk about this a little bit, how, how safe is it an environment mental health wise for people who get to sit behind um, their keyboards and say blasphemous things? The problem, I grew up on um, Soul Calibur, right down at the, at the, at the um, corner shop, right? I, that's what that's the reason I was late for the bus so many times because I was down there dropping the quarters. Well, if you say something crazy to the guy next to you, there might be repercussions to pay for that, right? But over the keyboard in the chat room, over this mic, that might be hundreds, uh, thousands, or even on the other side of the, the planet. What does that do? How do you protect yourself in a mental health capacity when in these environments, being a black person? No. <laughs> so, you know, it, I didn't know who wanted to go first. I mean, we, we can we can round robin in and just make it conversational. I think, you know, that, that's very difficult. And a lot of the, the, the gamers that I deal with, this is all they know, to be honest with you. You know, we're from a different, you know, I'm 32, you know. So I remember, you know, when social media book rolled out, <laughs> some people, they never, they don't remember that, right? They grew yeah. up in an entirely social media driven environment. And I feel like it's my job and my duty to kind of explain to them how to protect themselves. We do have a board of directors 
and one of our board of directors is a doctor of, of mental health and therapy. Uh, so she helps us really guide that track when it comes to keeping them focused and stable and, and mentally sound and centered because it's very difficult to go online. We, we've heard of young kids, you know, being on social media or whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, or whatever new one is rolling out and committing suicide based on the things that people have said. You know, so it, it's very important to instill some type of confidence and, and make sure that we separate the reality you know, from from the virtual, the augmented reality to let them know like, hey, yeah, there are, there's evil out here, but we, we have to to keep them grounded. You know, and it's very, very difficult thing to do. And that's why we rely on our mental health professional that we have on our staff for that type of uh, activity. That's dope, that's dope to keep them kind of people around. And I, and, and I, and I think um, what you guys are also creating is community as a result of that. So as a result, I'm not going out into this. I remember when I first got into an online game, I, I didn't, I expected to be playing with people that didn't look like me, right? Um, for a variety of reasons. Um, um, I know there's some some very um, disheartening statistics with respect to how we get into console games versus PC games, right? Like there's a different representation there because PC games has requires so much more hardware and pretty much man, bandwidth and money to get it done. Um, how do we, how do we, get over those humps as well because there's some true like um, structural limitations of being able to participate in this world how do we get over those honestly you know what one of the that's i sit on the board of advisors for a nonprofit um called the loyalty foundation and i was really glad that they reached out to me because i love that they provide devices for underserved and underprivileged communities which are dominantly and, you know, more companies like this really need to be reaching out to Black people because their perspective is askew. You know, um, I've, you know, I've shared this story. I sat in front of the head of NBA 2K <clears throat> and I shared with him how there are more Black people that play on console than PC simply because PCs cost a lot more. And we just, it was a luxury growing up, you know, and so... One, to answer your first question, I always say uh, changing the narrative transforms the mentality. So by really being ambassadors and pioneers of inclusion and positivity in gaming, that is really the charge. We are the new influencers, you know what I mean? And so really establishing an understanding of what coexisting means, which is what I literally embody. I, I say my brand every day because we are representative of the, the really a new movement of gamers. Gaming itself has always been inclusive and fun, but it's up to the people now that have the controllers to really start sharing this message and to eradicate, like, yo, all that trolling and stuff, like, that's corny, you know what I mean? And it's like, once that ideology has sort of been ingrained in the nucleus of the industry, it does start to change, and people start becoming more apprehensive, and they feel like, all right, you're gonna get banned because you're whack. You know what I mean? Like we're not on that when you're talking. And then, um, you know, like with this this nonprofit, I am really active in searching for territories, making sure they understand. Look, providing the devices is necessary here. You need to focus on this. And then, you know, to what my brother, you know, Ivory was saying, you can't just give a person a fishing pole that's never gone fishing. You're just like here, you know, you got to give them the tools. You got to say, okay, so I'm going to show you how to best effectively use this. And so, you know, it's also coupling the device with the education, which is really my contribution to this nonprofit. 
of white people. It's like, okay, great. So we've been withheld, education has been withheld from us for so long, it was literally illegal. And so now, you know, thank you for the computers, but let's also couple that with an understanding of how to use them and what the job opportunities are that can come from establishing these proficiencies. You know, it's interesting you say that, and I'm, I'm gonna make a different connection to, um, when I was in my time in Chicago, um, that, you know, the Cabrini Greens was the, is legendary, right? And for a variety of reasons, for all the trouble that's going on, for the people that it produced to, even Candyman, right? You don't say Candyman too many times because that they gonna he gonna come about the Cabrinis, right? What I realized though, um, when I moved there, is they ship everybody out the Cabrinis. That was high dollar, dollar value real estate. It's downtown. It's blocks away from some really really nice areas, and then they gave them homes in the south suburbs of Chicago. But like what you're saying, Jay, these folks got homes with no home training. And I mean, literally, like, how do you keep this home up? How am I supposed to check out the foundation? What about the lawn? What about the roof? What do you have? So all these things turn into um, problems because now they can't keep up the homes. But the first thing is people are saying is, uh, look at them. They can't even keep their homes right. We gave them homes. We gave them access to property and real estate. Now they're like, oh, you can't keep the home right. Y'all don't deserve nothing but the poorest of the poor. And so I see stuff like that happening in in every realm, but I also see the possibilities of that um, happen in, in, in esports. Yes. So yeah. tell me, tell me uh, one of the one things that I, I found on, um, I actually was happy because I found this website called the Black Collegiate Gaming Association. Are y'all familiar? Mm -hmm. So it's supposed to be where black students are getting introduced to esports and the gaming industry, um, and I, I and it's at the college level. So I love the fact that his parent Ahmed said something about you know he's self-taught. Now I I won't argue with him a little bit because you can't say I went to UMass and got this computer science degree. <laughs> <laughs> so you're already telling us how brilliant you are. I mean, self-taught for you is different than self-taught for Rob. It'd be like this decoy game is coming out in 60 or 70 years from here, right? So <laughs> how, how do we get that education? Because I'm almost certain that um, you'd probably be on game four or five had you had the, the, the resources and education at the high school or junior high level. Um, what's going, what are you guys able to do and influence those kind of levels so that we can give them an even further head start? Yeah, no, no, definitely. There are people now that have access to computer science and stuff, you know, in high school level, but I, I got to disagree with you, Rob. Like I, I know so many people that have taken these, you know, Build for Unity, which is a game engine class. That's an eight week class and they have their game on Apple Arcade or they have their game on consoles now on Nintendo Switch. So you really don't, there's so many ways to get into the industry. That's just my path and that's what I chose, but there's, there are, I always push for education if you can get it, but just because you didn't get that, that doesn't mean that there's an interest to the industry. And the good thing about gaming too, it's not just about coding, right? I mean, gaming literally goes through all entertainment. So if you are someone that's into music, if you're into someone that's in art, there's so many different facets that you can enter a game. It takes a large team sometimes to create different things. So if you even have one aspect, you really can create something out there. And there's so many tools now, you don't even need any coding in order to create some pretty impressive projects. But in order to make sure that people are able to get the education early, you know, what we do is one thing to make sure is like what we're doing right now, right? Just bring light to that, the fact that there are people out there that look like us that are doing things out, that are doing things 
um, in this industry and doing great things out there. So really shine a light on black excellence. So like for us, we actually had an event called Game On that we held at the Microsoft uh, Microsoft store in New York that was just focused purely on black excellence, just people throughout the game industry. And people were surprised to see like the VP of the NFL gaming, you know, was a black woman and all the uh, amount of people on the esports and and all the things from different industries are doing so well. So when they see that, they're like, I can do that. Then secondly, we need to make sure that we actually go to those schools and start presenting them uh, with the information that you should be able to start now. There are tools out there that you can. So what we do as well is that we go to boys and girls clubs. We go to uh, different schools, whether it's even as early as uh, middle school or elementary, because there's tools out there now where it's actually kids can learn how really to program. When you're playing stuff like Minecraft, playing stuff like Roblox, I mean, those really are actual game engines because you're creating creative experiences. Mm. So getting kids on that is actually having their mind just starting to run, just starting to turn things so they can start the creative juices so they can go towards making a game. So, and for me, like when I was young, like I was into Legos. I think a lot of us might have been into Legos, but even that, that's just a physical Minecraft, right? But when you're building things so much, you're, you start understanding how to create these worlds. And maybe if you are a designer, a level designer, I mean, that's a major role in gaming. You don't need to know any coding to be a level designer, right? You're just able to know how to put things together and where people can go through. So like there's so many facets how you can get into it. Um, and really it's just starting them early and letting them know that the things that they're doing now, whether it's playing Minecraft or things like that, it's like, hey, you can take that passion. You guys are all on your mobile phones and there is a path for you to actually go into the professional side of the industry and just let them know that that's, that's a realistic thing. So is it, you said something, I'll be honest with you, I've been anti-Roblox and I'm yeah. gonna tell you why. Uh, my son hit me for like $100 worth of points one day on, on my card. And I'm like, this Roblox is for the birds. We ain't doing this no more. So I'm gonna have to change my attitude about that because you just, that that idea that they're already designing yes. in their own, in that Roblox world, they're already designing. Um, I don't want to take that, 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 um, opportunity and that, that path away from them. So I just gotta, I gotta fix these, um, parental um, guidance control so I don't just keep, keep getting hit a hundred dollars every I'm like come on man what did we buy with this hundred dollars yeah like, all I got was a car yeah, yeah look Roblox it's a creative tool so even though yes he's buying those hundred dollars he shouldn't have done that but he's showing the fact that he's very interested and he wants to create more right yes. so you have to find a path to allow him to do that obviously it's like you're not supposed to buy that but clearly the fact he's showing that I think that's a great shine it's a, a great sign like he's really trying to learn more and be able to create more I'm just gonna let him use your um, bank card next time. <laughs> give, give him Robert, honestly, I think that's that's an opportunity for all parents. I was talking to the chief of staff of Roblox, and one of the things that I'm excited to contribute to what they're doing is, you know, you're building you're building this world, but yeah. you can also play in your world. So you are literally empowering kids to not just say, not only can you do it, other people can literally play your game. That is a massive confidence booster. They're like, oh, you built something so great. Cause like they're now they're developers. And so mm -hmm. I think, and honestly, part of the education is educating parents so that they understand this is an opportunity. Maybe y'all should all get together, put $20 in a pot so that <laughs> you're like a hundred dollars. And now you, you're, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down with sharing this Roblox cost in any way, in any way. <laughs> I re they talked about a stat. I'm in marketing by, by trade. That's been my love. Y'all talked about 3% of game developers are Black. And, man, I was having trouble trying to figure out 
Like I'm on the online, you know, we've talked about Jerry Lawson. We've talked about uh, a couple people, but I'm like, where are all the black voices in the upper echelon of, of those decision making? Uh, how do we get that different other than just, um, or is it just, we just wanted to go out there and build it ourselves? What is keeping us from getting in those, those upper, upper echelon positions within the gaming industry? Yeah, I think it's, look, it's going to take time. And this is, we do it to every industry, right? I mean, we've done it to the music industry, we've done it to sports, and you just got to be able to break through. So it definitely starts from the beginning. We have to let people, more people into the industry, but also hold people accountable. Um, really, the transition that just happened, happened a lot with women in the industry as well. Within the last five years, and maybe even now, you're seeing a lot of games with women that are now in more executive position, positions within gaming and things are changing, you're actually getting different game experiences out of it, right? You're just, you're killing different tropes that you usually see in games. You're now getting these different dynamic characters. And the reason that's now so diverse is because there's companies that actually have women in more executive positions. And now really, you know, black people are up next. Like we need to be able to break into that, start holding these companies accountable, especially the ones that, you know, are tweeting all these Black Lives Matters and things like that. That's great. But I mean, now, how many black people do you have in your executive positions? Like, how many? What are well, you how doing black actually? are the games? Like, we literally have games that don't have black faces in them whatsoever, and right. and right. you know, and that's that's tough for me. Right, that's tough. And the best way to be able to create those games genuinely and in a great way is to actually have black people behind there making the executive decisions as well. And you're, it only helps everyone. You know, it only makes the games different, makes them better. And uh, yeah, we need to keep pushing in all facets, but it'll eventually happen. I, we've done it in every industry. It'll eventually happen. So Ivory, I'm going to ask this to everybody, but I want Ivory to, to jump on it. So who do you who do you follow? Who's in the industry today? Not not of the past, because a lot of things. I do a lot of history research. I'm I'm looking up folks, but I want to know what's going on in today and tomorrow as well. Who who give me one person that's influential to you in today's gaming world? Um, but that may not even be a player. That I, I would love to actually hear it if it ain't a player. It may be somebody in the in the decision making rooms. Uh, there's a couple of people. Um, Jacob Miles is one of them. Uh, Christopher Mann is actually one. He was the VP of uh, partnership over at Dignitas. Uh, he just made a move as well. Um, it's, it's a couple of people I look to. Um, I can say Jay's one of them as well. You know, I met Jay recently <laughs> and she's bright. You know, I mean, I don't think, I think that a lot of people, you know, idolize these, the, that, that position you're talking about. And me, I'm a big uh, proponent of, you know, peer inspiration, you know, whether it's looking left or right and seeing someone that's right next to you doing something, you can admire someone who's right next to you, right? You don't have to look up Find and say, man, you. I can't. Yeah. You know, it'll be like that guy. You can have a con we had a conversation over lunch and I'm sitting there, I'm looking left and I'm looking right, I'm looking front. And I got inspired. Like, man, these people are bright. You know, they 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 know what they're doing, they're moving. I need to go. And we're all doing great things. And sometimes when you leave rooms, you feel like you need to do better. I've been inspired, right? So, you know, I can I can name a list of people who I have very distant relationships and conversations and email, thank you, and goodbye and coffee. But I get more inspired by people who I can like literally physically, you know, reach out to and build a rapport and a bond because that, that building process, when you see someone else building and catapulting to stage two, stage three, you know, stage four of their development, it definitely gives you an extra thought. It'll go a little bit harder. So, um, you know, I can get inspiration from everywhere. You know, I don't necessarily look at, you know, the pie in the sky as this is my motivation. I look at the people who I've seen develop, 
you know, week in and week out and grow their business and say, this is doable and it's happening. You know, you don't want to be the one left behind. So uh, I know Jay and Ahmed's probably smiling right now because I threw their names out there, but, <laughs> you know, it's definitely, it can, it can come from anywhere. I'm not really big on, on looking too far up. I get my motivation for the ones who are with me right now. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Jay, yeah. what about you? Anybody other than yourself, obviously, because you're already doing the most. <laughs> I wanna, who do who you um, look at in the industry that, that maybe we should, some of us who don't have as much in, um, association with it should maybe research upon? I mean, well, I have to, I mean, I don't want to piggyback and steal, you know, I answer, but I, I will be remiss. We think alike. We think alike. It's fine. <laughs> I have to acknowledge Ahmed is literally my best friend and I am perpetually inspired by he and his brother. We've literally all gone away together and these niggas never stop working. And I love it. It's like, I was finna take a nap, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, uh, write a proposal or something because right. they, I love that, you know. And I, and so I'm with I'm with Ivory because I have a few friends that are CEOs and co-founders, and I just we we constantly inspire each other because even though they're not necessarily in gaming, we all care so much about Black people, and we built businesses in these huge industries and really are navigating our ways very strategically and with intention to be significant in them so that we can create opportunities for our people. That's like my real answer. But if I'm gonna name a person in gaming, Phil Spencer, um, I call him Uncle Phil. He is CEO of Microsoft. And this guy is, he's truly a trailblazer in the gaming industry. I've, I pattern some of our um, strategic moves and model decisions after what he's done with Microsoft. When companies are capable of understanding how much community matters, especially in an industry as community driven mm. as gaming, that's something to be inspired by and to really dissect and analyze the partnerships he creates and um, why is he making this move? Why would he spend $7.5 billion in an acquisition in cash? What is the val what's the real value of that? For this company and so I analyze things like that very deeply and it you know I feel like our company is a microcosm of the grandiose vision he has and I have a very grandiose vision and so every step I take I, I pattern it after people like him who really just continue to make moves that are very community focused may not be understandable by everyone in the industry but he's focusing on the long haul the roadmap and the bigger picture and I rock with that so heavy that's what's up what about you man yeah, I'm going to give you three names, uh, just of things that are very relevant. Um, so Xbox Series X is about to come out, so PS5 is about to come out. Uh, the head of marketing of Xbox is a woman named Sarah Bond, black woman who heads all the marketing for this next-gen series. And you'll see here, if you start looking at some of the videos and you look her up, she's on stage at GDC. You know, she's there talking with Phil Spencer, as uh, Jay was talking about, but this is someone that's in the forefront and really someone that should be praised and being in that position on something that's the next generation of consoles, I think it's really powerful. Um, one of the biggest games of the year, Cyberpunk 2077. Everyone's looking forward to that game, right? Uh, it's gonna be on current gen consoles and next gen. What many people might not know is that's actually built after a board game uh, called Cyberpunk Red. And that game was actually designed by a black man named Mike Pondsmith. Uh, so he is the full designer of the entire game, the entire experience, and really he's the brains behind the entire thing. And to just think that, and that's going to be the biggest game this year and maybe for the next few. You know, it's oh, really wow. going to be like the next Grand Theft Auto. I'm talking that type Ooh. of level. So 
I mean, to have someone like that behind that is is really just amazing. And then um, the other guy I want to talk about is for esports. And you talked about having esports in high school and in college. Um, so Play VS is a company that's actually been, I think Diddy backs it as well. I think he's one of the investors, but they've gotten a lot of funding. Um, and their CEO and founder, Delane Parnell, black man, young, young black man, that's just doing great things to actually bring esports into high school, basically as an official sport. And I believe they've been able to go for hundreds of high schools to actually bring esports in. I believe they do like Fortnite, Rocket League, and, and things like that, uh, League of Legends. But he's actually, you know, really pushing it into actually have these things be real sports and having to be college as well. So, I mean, those are, I just covered all the major facets in the industry and talking people that are very crucial to these things stepping forward that are actually Black individuals. And I think it's just important for us to keep highlighting them, research them, and show that, you know, we can be there too. See, that's that's beautiful because what, I, what I'm, esports is black as fuck. I, that's amazing to hear all of those <laughs> levels, titles, where, the, where we started from the beginning to the end. Esports is super black as fuck. And, and I'm going to wrap it up. I know we got, um, y'all got, all oh, y'all got probably another 17 things to do before 9 o'clock. <laughs> so um, this is, and this is how I plan on ending the show every time is I'm going to ask y'all two questions. What's one thing that shouldn't be as black as fuck, should not be black as fuck? And what do you, what's one thing that you hope is, is more, people see as more black as fuck in the future? I know I should, probably should have prepped y'all for those and I didn't, um, but <laughs> version two of the, to you, you folks who are out there who, go, who are watching who may be the next guest on the podcast, now you know, get prepared. So one thing, one thing that's that you wish wasn't as black as fuck, and one thing that you uh, hope it, that'll be become be more black as fuck in the future. All right, I'm gonna dive in here. <laughs> I was like, you should have done. That's a good question. Good luck. <laughs> okay, one thing <laughs> I'm gonna keep it all the way black. One thing that should not be black as fuck is niggas constantly searching for white people's validation. And trying to exist in a world that is so societally coerced by white people. That should not, we have been conditioned to get approval from the wrong people. And that is not, no, no niggas. So when we get to higher tiers, we need to stop trying to rendezvous with people that literally give zero fucks about us being there and call our people and be like, yo, we wanna go to Turks and Caicos. We going golfing, whatever it is. And the thing that, needs to be black as fuck is gaming because those stats that I say all the time people of color need to realize this industry is not only a 170 billion dollar industry because it's just gaming it is because we ushered in the dollars mm. we push the needle we are the influence we are the creators we are the target we are the minds we are the gaming industry it affects us so directly and there are so many opportunities that exists through this industry, not even just playing the game and not even just building it on a software engineer level. And when we start diving into the opportunities within this gaming that we built. That we built, right. Coexist in the right way, hey. That's what's up, that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> All right, what, what about you guys? Y'all think, she gave y'all some time to think about your exactly. thing, so. <laughs> That's definitely a prep question. Um, <laughs> well, one thing that, I mean, I, I definitely feel like when you think about what 
should not be black as fuck. You, you definitely got to get rid of some uh, some negative attributes there. And um, what I feel what I feel like should not be black as fuck is imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people we we get to positions, and I've been a victim of this myself, so I don't have a problem speaking about it. You know, you get into a room you work hard to be in, or you you, you work hard and you build your business, your brand, your product, and you get into a position where you feel like do I deserve to be here? You know, should I be here? And you start to doubt yourself and question yourself. And that's not black as fuck at all. You know, we're, we're hardworking people. We bring the culture to everything that we do. So we need to get that all the way out of here. And what should be black as fuck is, is unity, you know, working together. I feel that, you know, especially as people of color, we sometimes feel that there's only room for one person in the room, you know, and, and we'll backstab or we'll ignore, we won't lend that helping hand. So what should be black as fuck is building each other up and, and making sure that we leave the door open so we all can get through. So if you want me to give my two cents, there we go. Three, six, one in the right way. What? There you go. <laughs> I saw that from you. <laughs> Wrap it up for us, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to keep playing Swim Sanity and beating on my son for next, at least another two <laughs> You know, before he really just started monstering me. But what's, what's one thing mm-hmm. that you wish wasn't as black as fuck and one thing that you hope to be more black as fuck in the future? Man, those are really good answers. Uh, uh, man, I don't, I don't necessarily have any... I, I almost want to just harp on what they said. I do think should be uh, the unity and gaming. Uh, I, the the crazy thing is that we're it, we're there. Like uh, the gaming is everything. It's is black about what it is. Just like in music and everything, it's all past what we are. But they're just not really giving the credit, and we're just not also in the position to show that um, you know that it is all driving for us. I mean, Fortnite is based really thrives off dances and stuff we created and music we created and we're on all the trailers and and I just I just feel like it it should show that you know we are the black excellence there so I definitely think that should be there um shouldn't um man I mean we just we just need to have we just need to feel like we belong so we definitely need to just make sure that as as Ivory said like don't don't feel like you're walking into a room and you don't belong here. Uh, we we all do belong here. We have we we offer so much to this industry and, and all other industries as well. So it's just only a matter of time. I mean, I, you can see it changing. I expect within the next ten years you're gonna see just such a flip of you know our representation here and, and really in different positions. So just a matter of having platforms like this, you know, really putting each other on a platform and you know pushing things forward. So um, just all that. And lastly, go buy some sanity because it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> And uh, you know, you know, it's one of one of the things you gotta do. So if you remember anything, it's of sanity, black founders, black creators, uh, and all these beautiful people, Robert, Jay, Ivory, appreciate you guys. I mean, this is what it's all about. Hey, y'all, this has been amazing. I know um, you know, you said we couldn't recreate it. I think we did. I think we did, and I'm I'm, I'm so happy for it. Uh, unfortunately, y'all setting the bar way too high for me to be um, doing this on a consistent basis. So this is probably going to have to be bi-weekly instead of weekly because I'm going to get my shit together. But uh, I love y'all. I really, really appreciate y'all doing this. I know we, I'm telling y'all, I just met these folks in the last three months. But that's also, that's black as fuck because family is black as fuck. And when we get together and we know that we have capabilities and to sit down at a table and sit down in these kind of environments and see and not only just see people doing great things, but be encouraged by it. 
and also be happy about it, like literally happy about it. I can say, I like, oh, my folks out here living in the esports and they doing wonderful, beautiful things. So I appreciate y'all being the first. And I definitely want, I hope you never, I mean, y'all got so many, many other things going on. We could talk about being black as fuck and all your other aspects of your life. So I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And thanks for making this wonderful for me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you, man. All right, brother. See you soon. All right.